We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been, been there, done, done that. that. Hi, welcome to episode 22, Homeschooling in the Wild. Today we're going to be talking about the benefits of outdoor nature time. We're going to be talking about how to get your family to spend more time outside and how do you incorporate nature study into your homeschool. We're going to be talking about all that and more. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Hey, Nicole, how's it going? It is going great today. It's a beautiful day here in Texas. We were freezing last week. (laughs) Now I got a sunburn yesterday. Right. And (laughs) tonight is Cameron's big open mic night. We love to do that on Wednesdays. And I know you love to go to trivia on Wednesdays. (laughs) So on my walk this morning, I decided to listen to a podcast because our trivia, we always know one of the categories, the winning team picks it. And uh, this week's category is the blue-footed booby. Blue-footed booby? It's a what? bird. Oh, it's a bird. It's a bird from the Galapagos Islands. That's so. not where my mind went when you said that. I know. I know. Even <laughs> when he announced it last week, we all we're all, we all turned into middle schoolers, like, snickering. <laughs> and we're like, Mike said boobies. <laughs> we make a big deal about studying for trivia in my homeschool. Jillian is at home right now looking up all celebrity birthdays for the week so she can be ready. And uh, so I decided to listen to a podcast about, I was like, I wonder if there's a podcast about the blue-footed booby. No, there's not. Is there? Oh, there's like 20. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's oh so many. Gosh. Like you can find, I mean, there's a podcast for everything now, right? Yeah, I guess so. I... So, yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. So I found um, it's a couple of zookeepers. They're hilarious and uh, they're very sweary. It, w- it was funny. Like, oh my gosh, it was I just... have to check that out. I don't even know. What, what do they look like? Are they little birds or? Um, no, actually they're 32 inches tall. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're like a good size. Penguin size. Yeah, and they've got blue feet and and that's apparently like it, the, the podcast took a little turn like about foot fetishes and stuff it was really interesting but so yeah if you want to learn about the blue-footed booby um yeah go go to listen to it i look forward to hearing about (laughs) you winning trivia i hope so (laughs) (laughs) but you know so i'm so excited about this episode today Yes, yeah. you know, I'm a huge nature nerd. Um, I am a certified master naturalist. Um, I am also a hiking group leader, and I've been bringing groups of kids into the woods for about 14 years now. But I really was not always naturey. People are always That's surprised. Su- I'm so surprised to hear that. <laughs> and you're, you also taught orienteering whenever our kids were in the Adventure Kids Club. And you seem to have such a great sense of direction. I get us lost, and you're, you do great with that. Well, you know, I have lost two groups before, but only two. I mean, I think my percentage-wise, like, I've, I've got a good track record for not losing kids in the woods. But And actually, it was adults that I lost. But yeah, no, I wasn't always into nature. It was really like forging a love of nature is something I've kind of grown into. And it really started after becoming a mother and like seeing how excited my kids were to explore outdoors. And um, in fact, I remember very specifically like standing at the edge of the woods, um, looking down a trail with my kids and my son saying, hey, can we see where this path goes? And uh, I was kind of hesitant. I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, but I said yes, and we did it. And that started us on a literal path of chasing down all the trails that we could. 
Oh, I love that. So yeah, so Nicole, you know, I've always loved nature and being outdoors. Uh, up until the age of nine, my family lived near a lake in rural Michigan. And, you know, half the community was actually Amish. Oh, interesting. We Amish, wow. But, yeah, we were only a Hispanic family there. But um, and I'm the youngest of four. And I'm one of those classic Gen Xers. We spent all day outside. All day. Drinking from the water hose, of course. I <laughs> I know that taste very well. Um, yeah, my mom would tell us to come back in just at dinner time. Yep. You know, you hear that porch, you know, the door. Right. Or, and... or, or again, when the streetlights come on, you better be home. <laughs> right. And um, so outside, we explored the woods. Uh, we ate wild blackberries. Mm. I love picking those and yep. eating those right off the vine. and. And it was quite a life. Um, my parents were immigrants from Cuba, and they had four children by the age of 25. Oh, wow. And we didn't have any extended family nearby, but it was just the six of us, so money was super tight. And we were, I, I would say we were categorized as poverty. You know, my, my parents kept it really that away from me. I didn't, I never thought about that. We always had enough to eat, and we had the woods, and it just never even occurred to me until I was an adult that we were kind of in that poverty bracket. But um, the only vacations that we really could afford were camping. And it may not sound like much, but for a little kid, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. We would go to campgrounds on the on Lake Michigan and we explored in the woods and climbed those sand dunes. And it, it was just so fun. We would swim in the Great Lakes. Yeah. I, I loved it so much. It was so memorable. And I, I was also a Girl Scout and there were always camping trips or some sort of an activity that was organized in nature. So when it came time to introducing my children, it was really a no brainer. Yeah, I was a Girl Scout too. Yeah. I loved going to Girl Scout camp. I didn't like the sleeping outside part, which now I... You Didn't love. we just talk about that last week? Like, I just love to sleep outside. But yeah, so, you know, the benefits of outdoor nature time are well documented scientifically. Um, I was reading an article called Nurtured by Nature from the American Psychological Association, which we're, we'll link these in the show notes. Um, but it had so much information about the cognitive benefits of nature and um, just study after study after study that show nature has benefits for both physical and psychological human well-being. Right. And the key points of that article are would be, you know, that spending time in nature is linked to both cognitive benefits and improvements in mood, mental health, and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. And also feeling connected to nature can produce similar benefits to well-being, regardless of how much time you actually even spend outside. Yeah, it also was interesting, both green spaces and blue spaces, which are aquatic environments, uh, produce well-being benefits. Uh, more remote and biodiverse spaces may be particularly helpful, though urban parks and trees also can lead to positive outcomes. That's important because a lot of people who live in urban environments think that they may not have access to natural places and that can be frustrating or they may think they need more time to drive out to a natural environment but it's really not true. You can find pockets of nature everywhere, and it doesn't take much to reap those benefits. Even here in Dallas, there's plenty of oh, places. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first moved here and wanted to start a hiking group in Dallas, like, somebody told me flat out, like, you're not going to find any trails here. <laughs> and that's not even true. Mm -mm. Like, I haven't even hit all the trails, like, on my list. And I find new ones all the time. Like, just this week when I got my sunburn, I, I, I found a brand me. new trail. I know. And it, it's been there the whole time. I just... I guess I just thought it was like a wonky like neighborhood trail. I mean, it is, but it's beside a creek. It was just gorgeous. It had some hills. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I totally copied you when I started an adult hiking group. As a divorced mom, I spend my free time when I don't have my kids recharging and connecting with my adult friends 
We're either on the trail, on the tennis court, or on the softball field. Mm-hmm. Typically, there's an activity to find. I'm going to be there, especially if it's outdoors. Oh, gosh, me too. Me too. So let's talk about uh, these benefits of outdoor nature time. Well, the first one, of course, would be the increased feelings of calmness and stress reduction. Sometimes just taking the time to unplug and go outside can do wonders for lowering stress levels. We're surrounded by screens all the time and always just so busy, busy, busy. Nature can have a calming effect on our brains, even if it means going outside for just five minutes a day. Outdoor exercise, like going for a walk or hiking, biking, paddleboarding. Love paddleboarding. Yeah, it all (laughs) just gets the blood flowing and the heart pumping. Another way to lower your stress levels. Yeah, it also gives uh, increased endorphin levels and dopamine production and promotes Mm -hmm. overall happiness. So endorphins and dopamine are both chemicals in your body that make you happy, but they function in different ways. Like endorphins are released when you feel pain or stress and the nerves in your body will send pain signals to your brain and then your brain releases these endorphins back to block the nerve cells that receive the signals and essentially they relieve pain naturally by attaching to your brain's reward centers like your opiate receptors and then voila dopamine is released and for example endorphins may naturally help soothe achy muscles and then when the dopamine releases you get a runner's high i love that feeling we all love that feeling (laughs) so dopamine motivates you to do something over and over again (laughs) like give birth It may help you forget the stress or the pain and feel those happy feelings instead. I love it. (laughs) So another benefit is uh, you may have a restored capacity for concentration and attention. Researchers have a theory called attention restoration theory, and it states that uh, nature replenishes one's cognitive resources, restoring the ability to concentrate and pay attention. And the idea, the basic idea is that if you've been using your brain to multitask, like most of us do every day, (laughs) all day. And then you stop and put all of that aside and just go be outdoors. You've now let your prefrontal cortex recover and it allows you to focus for the task at hand and start fresh when you come back in. That makes total sense. I mean, we see this in our homeschool when we are struggling and just take a break. We're able to regroup and suddenly something hard before is now easier because we can concentrate and focus. Exactly. Another benefit is that we might have reduced symptoms of anxiety and depression. Like we just talked about how being outside in nature increases your happiness with all of those endorphins and dopamine. So it's only natural that it would also reduce irritability. Right. And you can find all kinds of different activities outdoors for all fit levels or preferences, whether it means going for a swim, taking the dog for a walk, or mountain biking. Just spending time in nature promotes mental well-being. Yep. Another benefit is lowered blood pressure and reduced cortisol. Cortisol is your stress hormone. Uh, Numerous studies show that both exercising in forests or simply like sitting looking at trees, like (laughs) reduce blood pressure, as well as the stress-related hormones, uh, cortisol and adrenaline. In one of these studies, I thought this was just totally fascinating. In one of these studies, they actually just gave people pictures of trees. Like, and, and then found it had a similar, Isn't that crazy? but less dramatic effect. Yeah. And then, and then they would also do like, I guess you can test cortisol with like a tongue, like a saliva test. So they would give it to the people before, and then they would send some people out to the woods, give some people the tree pictures, and then send some people out in the city. And studies examining the, those same activities in urban, like unplanted areas showed no reduction of stress related effects. That's crazy. I, <laughs> I need more pictures of trees in my house. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, another thing is that it strengthens your immune system. 
I think most of us know that going outdoors and getting enough sunlight can help boost your immune system. And part of the reason is that it increases your levels of vitamin D. Most people are deficient in vitamin D, so there's that. Obviously, too much sun can be bad for you, but studies show that getting only 15 to 20 minutes a day of sunshine will allow your body to better absorb vitamin D, which helps strengthen bones and reduce the risk of cancer. And there's the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another immune boost comes from breathing fresh air. While we breathe in fresh air, we breathe in phytoncides. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they're the airborne chemicals that plants give off to protect themselves from insects. And phytoncides also have uh, both antibacterial and antifungal qualities, which help plants fight disease. So when people breathe in these chemicals, our bodies respond by increasing the number and activity of a type of white blood cell, which can kill like tumor and virus infected cells in our bodies. That's fascinating. I know. Wow. We just thought it was good stuff. (laughs) Okay. So the next thing would be that it improves your short term memory. There was an interesting study from the University of Michigan and it revealed that students who regularly went for a nature walk outside actually had a better time retaining information. In the first of two studies, participants were given a 35-minute task involving repeating loads of random numbers back to the experimenter, but in reverse order. After this, they went and they sent them out for a walk, one group around an arboretum and the other was down a busy city street. Both were being tracked by GPS devices. Then each repeated the memory test when they got back and the results showed that people's performance on the test improved by almost 20% after wandering around the trees by comparison to the ones subjected to the busy street. And those did not reliably improve on the test. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 20 Twenty percent is like a huge. It makes amount. you wonder some of those universities that actually have a lot of trees. Maybe the students there are performing better. Uh, probably. I mean, um, that yeah. study would indicate as such. Yeah, and this one, like that other one, in the second study, participants stayed in the lab, but they were given pictures again of natural scenes, while others looked at urban environments, and the improvements were not as impressive as the first study. But again, the natural image group beat out the urban image group. That's crazy. Uh, I really need to start <laughs> hanging some trees around my house. And- picture frames. Okay, so the next thing would be that it improves sleep. Spending time in natural light helps our bodies better regulate our sleep patterns. When the sun goes down, our brains will release the right levels of melatonin to help get a good night's sleep. Yeah, nature can also help reset your circadian rhythms. The circadian rhythms are the physical, mental, and behavior changes that follow a 24-hour cycle. Uh, These natural processes respond primarily to light and dark and affect most living things, like not just humans. The circadian rhythm also regulates metabolism, too, and just keeps us functioning optimally. Yeah. The next thing is that it improves your vision. We spend a lot of time looking at screens, which can damage our eyesight, and eye strain is experienced in up to 90% of people who use computers daily. Which which is all of us, That's all of us. We're all Even our little kids. Yeah, and so going outside gives our eyes a break. When we're outside, we're able to focus our eyes on objects in the far distance, helping to prevent the onset of myopia and reduce headaches. Yeah, so that focus from close to far, close to far. Yeah. I mean, that's what they tell you from the optometrist to practice. You cover one eye and you focus something close and something far. And it's really an important thing for everyone to do all the time anyway. So Yeah, it's interesting. When I was reading about it, too, a lot of the studies uh, done on that particular vision thing were done on children. But they were saying that it obviously would have an effect on adults, too. Right. So it's interesting. Another uh, benefit is that it inspires creativity. 
Being out in nature can help you to get inspired by all the sights and smells and sounds of the outdoors, not to mention all the brilliant colors that make up our landscape, sea, and sky. Like this week, we had a really beautiful sunset. Did you see that that one oh day? My gosh. Like every single person on Facebook that I know, like posted a picture of the Texas sky. So I played <laughs> tennis that evening um, before the sky got crazy, and I just happened to pass by my friend's house, and I came and I went and sat in their back deck, and we're just hanging out, chilling, and all of a sudden we looked up, and it was so glorious. It, it was really, yeah, it was incredible but yeah uh, science shows that spending time outside actually helps get our creative juices flowing and they uh they did another study um that showed that hikers on a four-day backpacking trip could solve significantly more puzzles requiring creativity when compared to a control group of people waiting to take the same hike and 47 percent more that's insane. I know. I know. So oh yeah, gosh. nature can inspire you and help you get maybe past a creative block like via self-reflection. Right. Well, I know how my kids respond whenever we're out in nature. If they're really struggling, I'm like, we're going around the block. Even just walking around the park can really change their, their just their attitude about math. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next thing would be that it develops a deeper sense of spirituality. Being outside in nature gives us a chance to clear our minds, self-reflect or meditate. Spending time in nature helps us live in the moment as we breathe in the air and listen to the sounds of the birds and the small animals, a babbling brook, or feel the wind through our hair. We can touch the grass or leaves. I mean, all senses are really, you know, ignited outside. The changes of season may reflect changes in your life. All of this can relate to your inner spirituality. So just a reminder that this is a weekly episode. We drop one every Thursday morning just for you. And if you have any additional ideas or comments, please come and comment on our Facebook page on the episode thread or send us an email at info at btdthomeschool.com. We'd really love to hear from you. So now that we know all of these amazing benefits to being outside in nature, how do you get your family to spend more time outside? Studies show that a minimum of two hours a week spent in nature, either at one time or broken up over the week, can significantly increase your health and well-being. Two hours might seem a little daunting, but broken down in just 15 to 20 minutes a day is way more manageable. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you pick a safe and welcoming place to visit. Um, Time in nature is only going to be a stress antidote if you're able to, like, actually relax and embrace (laughs) the experience. So you might not want to go to the Arboretum on, like, a festival day. No. (laughs) Or, um, oh, yeah, the zoo, zoo days, the dollar days. Yeah, don't do that. You know, don't break into, like, a locked golf course though I do that all the time but I live on it I guess it's not really locked from my yard right but yeah don't do don't go to a stressful place or when they (laughs) when that guy was going to call the cops on our kids because they were doing their RC cars on the golf course (laughs) was insane it terrified them (laughs) we can laugh now (laughs) yeah and to maximize the health benefits of being in nature try to do your best to really take in your surroundings and be present breathe deeply don't wear headphones and take time to just look and listen Yeah, and while just taking a stroll or sitting outside can expose you to all these awesome nature benefits, you can also try moving your workout outdoors. Um, Mm -hmm. Exercising in nature can reduce the risk of mental health problems up to 50%. We did that a ton during COVID quarantine. Like my son and I like opened the garage door, we moved all our exercise equipment out into the driveway and we did our workouts out there every day. It was was a showcase for your neighbors. They would walk by and say, oh, what are you doing? Oh yeah, we met so many people. Sometimes (laughs) it was a hindrance to getting the workout done. Like we had to stop and chit chat. (laughs) Right, in Camp Gladiator, we're always outside. Yeah. 
So, okay, so the next thing would be to take up a new hobby or activity that allows you to spend more time outside. Like, you could do bird watching, gardening, paddle boarding, running. There's so many activities you can do outside with your family together. Absolutely. Um, and are there places that you needed to go anyway that might be in walking distance? Like walking to the store, or the drugstore, or coffee shop instead of driving can be a great way to get your family outdoors. You know, I do that all the time. Like, I... I I live like a mile from a Whole Foods, so I often will save like one or two things that I need to get for groceries, and I just go with my backpack. I just did that this morning. Went with my backpack. I was actually making Amazon returns, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's handy. Uh, It 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 can also be a way to, like, get your kid to go with you. Like, hey, you want to go for a walk with me? No. Well, I was going to walk to the coffee shop or donut shop. Oh. (laughs) If you want one, you better come. Yes, then I am suddenly in. Do you live in an urban area with few outdoor options? You might want to consider making your interior a little more nature friendly. Yeah. You can add some indoor plants, some furniture made of wood materials. Just let in as much sunlight as possible and hang pictures of natural scenes. <laughs> Just like we talked about right? in those studies. <laughs> Although if you know me, you'll know that I pretty much kill every plant I've ever had. <laughs> But thankfully, I live next to a creek with woods next door, and so I just love hanging out in my back deck. And bonus, I have all that wildlife out there, like my raccoons. Yeah. That, oh, that gosh. Went, that went viral on I know. TikTok. You're like the guy on TikTok with the raccoons and the oh hot dogs. Gosh. Have what? you ever seen him? I have. Like, you're getting there. Okay, no, they scare me. They're not my friends. <laughs> you're not out there with your basket of meat. Oh, my gosh. The, <laughs> the, the big leader of the clan. What a... What a what is our group of oh, called? I don't know, but there probably is a fun name for it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's terrifying. He kind of hisses at me if we come in contact with each other, like even oh, no. 20 feet away. He doesn't, like, I'll say, shoo, shoo, and he's oh gosh, so scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Well, moving along. So what are some of the ways that families can connect in the outdoors? Yeah, well, for one, enjoy your backyard. And you don't have to have a fancy yard to experience nature. Uh, we've had everything from, you know, acreage to, like, a very literal neighborhood square fenced in backyard so but just go outside and find what amazing things lurk just in your yard I guarantee you there's some cool stuff out there you might be surprised yeah you can also take walks together you can walk in your neighborhood and point out different trees flowers and other animals you can walk nearby into there's lots of nature trails within the city limits so Mm -hmm. find one I know, you know, I live really close to that one nature preserve. People in my neighborhood, like on my next door, a lot of people don't even know that it's right there, that you could walk to it from right. our neighborhood. Right. You have to walk through another one, but still. You also visit your local park and playground, uh, play on the swings together, check out ducks and swans that live in the ponds, climb trees. You can visit your nature center or your state park nearby. You can read the placards, walk the maintenance trails, take a class. These are often great places to find kids' activities and great guidebooks, too. And a lot of the nature centers here have homeschool classes. And both my kids took classes in early elementary and middle school at the Heard Museum up yeah, in McKinney. Mine did, too. Half of the classes walking on the trail and pointing yeah. out stuff. And we were, we were the adults that hopped to the back fence and went for our own walk okay. like on the trails, too. Gosh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> It was not stressful. You could also go for a picnic. And this does not even need to be like a fancy picnic with gear and stuff that you pack and bring in. Like stop by the drive-thru and just take your food and eat it somewhere else. Right. 
Just find a park bench. They're right. everywhere. Cameron has this idea. It has to be a red and white checkered blanket. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, where did he get that? But Oh, funny. <laughs> I do keep one for him. You could also go camping. We have friends that recently took part in a learn to camp session offered by a park district or state park. I can't remember which one it was, yeah. but gradually they put together supplies and became great campers on their own. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. And we love camping. Yeah, like we I talked camping. about that. Yeah, yeah I can't. I can't book yet. I thought I could book six months in advance, but apparently, I think it's only three and a half months. Or something. Oh yeah, a lot of that changed with COVID because suddenly everybody became outdoorsy. They book up, especially if it's a weekend. Like they that's book fast. That's crazy. So as soon as it's, I'm watching it every day. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Do, yeah. Anyway, uh, visit a zoo or a wildlife facility or some other place that has like animals and wild spaces. Right. Um, I know not everybody likes zoos because you know obviously it's animals in cages. But, you know, sometimes that's your only option for, like, a natural experience. So, right. you know, take advantage of those. Right. You can also visit the beach oh, from please. jumping Let's. in waves <laughs> to collecting seashells, just breathing in the salty air. The beach offers tons of family nature activities. I love the beach. And we're not on the beach. You know, we're in North Texas, but there's actually beaches on the lakes. Yeah. And for, here. yeah, th- and that'll work. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, we like to go there every summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, hike up a mountain. Uh, you might not have a mountain, but uh, you probably do have a big hill somewhere <laughs> or something. Uh, you know, if there's a great place to explore elevation changes in your area, like take your kids there. Sometimes climbing to the top of something can invite like a great sense of accomplishment. And just kind of give a goal to your walk. Yeah. You can find out if there's a place near you where you can search for stones or gems or fossils. Lots of options out there for... Have you ever been to that? There's a state park in Arkansas, like near here, that you can go dig diamonds. Have you been there? I did. And I took my kids when they were really young. Cameron was maybe two. And it was a nightmare. Oh, you (laughs) did not find any and get rich? Well, it really isn't made for little kids. So my kids weren't old enough, but I think um, middle schoolers, maybe an upper elementary and up. um, Because what they do, they, they come in with these plows and they make huge treks or... Yeah. And yeah, so having a two year old climbing over those. Oh, that's hard. It was a hot day. But yeah, you can just sift out and find your diamonds. It's the only place you can mine diamonds in in the US or maybe the world. I don't even know. Yeah. So if you're not like super outdoorsy, maybe something like a high ropes course would be fun. Um, that's a super fun way for a family to build resilience is to challenge and motivate and help them help each other through a high ropes course. Yeah. You can also volunteer with a park or trail group. Sometimes parks offer these trail cleanup crews or other things that you can do as a family. We did some with our venturing crew, which mm-hmm. is a co-ed scouting troop for teenagers, a teenage-led group. And they did that on their own. Like they yeah. drove there and I didn't even have to do anything. Absolutely. But. Um, you can also join a group like like my hiking group. Um, you know, groups like that uh, that are available just to help kids explore. Uh, one of the, you know, key parts of my group when it started was that we always had a creek to play in because kids just love to right. get wet and splash around. But, you know, there's free groups like that kind of everywhere. And there's also national groups like Wild and Free or like Barefoot University. I see a lot of those popping up that I'm not super familiar with, but, you know, check your area for what they have, education, outdoor groups like right. that. Or you can be super proactive like you were and just start, start your own. Start your own. Yep, it's easy. Just grab another family and do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you could also enter a race or other family competition event. We did a mud run when our kids were little. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. And the kids did their own one. Yeah, they were so excited about ours. They They wanted to do their own. Oh, they loved it whenever. So I was clean whenever we did it because we did it on different days. And so whenever Riley finished, she thought it was the coolest thing to come up to me covered in mud and make me all muddy. So yeah, (laughs) give give them mom to mud up. It's fun. Yeah, we did that color run too. like that, oh, that, a, that was that, horrible. The particular race was a disaster. The idea was great. So it, th- those kind of I do love running events and uh, well, color runs competition are bad, events but, like but that. But it was a really poorly organized event. Yeah, and there was no water to be had. I think a couple. Oh, it was not. Yeah, didn't they bus us in and then like the buses left? Like it was nuts. But it, I mean, we now we, we have trapped. really we have really good stories to go with it. So I mean, it was worth it that way. <laughs> but yeah, but lastly, you could also start a garden, join a community garden, or even just plant some plants and pots at your house. Uh, we talked on another episode about how it's funny that even kids that do not like vegetables will eat a vegetable that you grew yourself right. in your garden. So um, it, those are really simple ways to kind of get started mm-hmm. and uh, get your kids out of the house and have a fun activity. Well, I, I, d- I mentioned that I do kill all my indoor plants. I, I just neglect them. I don't mean to, but I do. But I do always try to do a vegetable garden. I have a four by four. And from the time the kids were tiny, they would plant. Now we kind of cheat and we go and we get plants instead of do the seedlings. But they have always loved to just watch them grow. And when they were little, they did the tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Those are fun. So there are so many ways that you can bring more nature into your family's life. And being present with your child in the outdoors is going to build wonderful memories that will lead to lifelong family connections. We will include some of the links and ideas and everything that we're talking about on our show notes on our website. So be sure to check that out after you listen. We would love it if you would take a second to go out there and like and rate us. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are on all those streaming platforms. So go out and check us out. Give us a thumbs up. So how to incorporate nature study into your homeschool? Well, one really easy thing that we did early on was set up a bird basket by a window in our house. It looked outside to a spot in the yard where we had a bird feeder. And in our basket, I had like a bunch of bird identification books, a bird journal, uh, colored pencils. Um, I had this little machine that made bird sounds like you could you put it in and it would identify bird sounds. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) And binoculars. And uh, my little two-year-old could tell you so much about every bird that came to our feeder. She would find new ones. She'd look them up in the book. And you really get to know the birds that come to your feeder, too. There's some of the same ones. And there's patterns to their seasons. And you get to know bird families. It's, like, really cool. I love that. They kind of, they kind of become part of the family. Yeah. We have Rocky, which is a blue heron that, you know, I live on the creek. And yeah. so for 10 years now, I don't know how long they live, but Rocky's been coming around since I've lived here for oh. over 10 years. Rocky. Every time, yeah, see him several times a week, so. Yeah. Maybe it's Rocky's babies. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? We also carried a backpack with binoculars, magnifying glass, ID guides, and specimen jars. I love the plastic trifold guidebooks for trees, plants, birds, dangerous animals, snakes, butterflies, everything. They have so many things. You can just put them in your pocket. And yeah, go. they're easy. Portable. Yeah. I like to purchase these at our state parks or nature centers when I can see the money is going to their programming. Yeah, I do, I do too. I mean, you can order them on Amazon, but I, I love buying those things at the places I'm visiting. Right. So especially if it's a nonprofit or something. But so a book series that's really fantastic is the One Small Square uh, books. I think we used these actually in... Um, oh, I love those. Build Your Library 
level zero or one. Um, but it, you start with the backyard one and it talks about actually just going out and sectioning off like a one square foot section of your yard and then go and it, the book kind of goes through the different layers of all the creatures and plants that you might find just mm-hmm. in that one like square foot of space. Um, and they have them for other ponds and forests and like different uh, habitats. Oh, but they're yeah. great books. I love those books so much. We we use those too. So I think I think yeah. Build your Remember even the like the side of the book was a ruler. Oh, so like you could even sexy. like take the book measure thing. It was right. it was really cute. Well like we mentioned take a nature walk. It doesn't have to be far. In fact you can slowly build up to greater distances. We often joke that our littlest hikers will hike for miles as long as they have someone to talk to. So feel free to walk with friends too. And geocaching, we did that for years oh, and yeah. orienteering are fun activities to kind of get reluctant kids out. There's some really fun geocaches that we found. We found some really big treasures too, but usually oh, yeah. you, you replace it with something if you yeah. find something good in there. I actually just got rid of my geocaching backpack that I used mm-hmm. to keep with my little treasures in it um, for when we found other caches. But So keep a nature journal. Draw pictures of what you see. Write about what your nature walk. Uh, keep flowers or leaves. You can press them into a book or an actual flower press if you have one or preserve them in wax paper. Um, keep a collection of things. We talked about that in a recent episode, having a box or a basket full of treasures you mm-hmm. found outside. Um, I kept a nature journal too. Like sometimes I would take the kids out and I'd be like, let's write in our nature journal. And they didn't want to, but I would be like, oh, that's fine. I'm going to write in mine. And I would sit down and draw a picture and then all of a sudden like everybody else wants to draw a better picture so it's awesome you can also do a scavenger hunt with nature i did this whenever we went camping yeah remember that was a lot of fun i had printed certain things that they were supposed to find and then they would find them it was super simple to put together they love that they did love that you can choose a category to study at a time like wildflowers and then trees birds and then mammals you may want to focus on a certain thing for, you know, weeks at a time. Yeah. So you can alternate. Right. And like I read something on Charlotte Mason page years ago that was, you know, if a kid can, you know, memorize and tell you 200 different Star Wars characters or Pokemon or things like that, then they can memorize the 10 most common trees and for wildflowers sure. in your area. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to kind of push them with some of that stuff. It's handy to know. A book that we uh, have used for years that I love is uh, it's very popular with homeschoolers is Anna Comstock's Handbook of Nature Study. It's a really old book. It was written in 1911 and then a a bunch of naturalists revamped it uh, with the permission in the spirit of the author and with permission in 1939. And she took the view that we should know first and best like the things that are closest to us, uh, like know your surroundings and things like that. And then when we have like an intimate knowledge of our, you know, neighbors, then we can journey farther afield to learn about other kinds of animals and plants and everything yeah yeah i also really 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 love the thornton burgess books i don't know if you remember those I the do. bird yes. book and <laughs> and seashore book and animal book and then there's a whole series where some of the characters from those books come out you learn a lot about different animals just from reading their little personal stories they're all characters they're, they're really really cute yeah those are fun There's also the National Park's fourth grade plan, and that's where you can get a voucher or a pass, and it grants free entry to all fourth graders and also all the children that are under 16 that are in the group with up to three accompanying adults or an entire car for drive-in parks. And that is on most federally managed lands and waters. So that's a really cool program. Thanks, Obama. 
Yeah, I think we had a friend who did a huge summer driving road trip to all the national parks one year with that. Some fun books for parents to read. Last Child in the Woods that uh, gathered thoughts from parents and teachers, researchers, environmentalists. The author argued for a return to the awareness and appreciation of the natural world. He says nature teaches kids science and nurtures their creativity and nature needs children. Otherwise, where are the future stewards going to come from? Balanced and Barefoot in this important book, a pediatric occupational therapist and founder of Timbernook shows how outdoor play and unstructured freedom of movement are vital to children's cognitive development and growth. And it offers tons of fun, engaging ways to help ensure that kids grow into healthy, balanced and resilient adults. Yeah, I have not read this particular book, but it popped up when all the other ones that I have read in the recommendations, and it was really highly rated. So it's called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, A Scandinavian Mom's Secrets for Raising Healthy, Resilient, and Confident Kids. Description in there said, could the Scandinavian philosophy of there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes, hold the key to happier, healthier lives for American children? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There's so much that we covered on this one. Oh, my gosh. We threw a lot of ideas at you guys. You are the guru (laughs) when it comes to being a naturalist. You are a master naturalist. I do love to be outside. This made me want to take a walk like right now. Maybe we should finish our podcast. We should (laughs) And go. So tune in next time for episode 23, which is going to be the third in our high school series. Uh, We're going to be talking about how you keep homeschool records, uh, how you write a transcript, and what is a counselor letter in school report. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about all that and more. And don't forget, we are going to be speakers at this year's Texas Homeschool Expo. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about Yay. that. I know. It's coming up June 9th and 10th, and uh, tickets went on sale last week. And it should be really cool. Uh, it's for uh, both current and prospective homeschoolers, as well as any other families seeking supplemental materials and resources. Yeah, we're going to have a booth there. So yeah. I'd love everybody to come visit us. Yeah. As the number of homeschooling households increase, the amount of quality curriculum continues continues to grow. There's going to be all kinds of people there showcasing their wares. So it should be really neat. And uh, it's an inclusive event, which is exciting. Uh, It's not aligned with any religious, political or government entity. And it's open to all homeschooling styles and philosophies. I know I've, I've gone to some of the big ones and I really didn't fit in. So I'm excited that they have this inclusive event for everyone. Yeah, it's going to be great. We hope to see you there. See you next episode. Cheers. Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.